Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. It's Dylan Claus. <laughs> it's Daddy Claus. Hey. Come over and check out my big red sack. Is it like a yes. red, like a red leather daddy claws? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, Santa's been naughty. Well, welcome back to Mountain Murders. I'm Heather, and I'm Dylan, and I'm here with Horny Santa. Yeah, she's here with Greasy Santa. Gross. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we hope everyone had mm. a safe and happy holiday, whatever you celebrate or don't celebrate. I hope you got your red router BB gun that you wanted. Don't shoot your eye out. Exactly. We thought, since we've been slacking a little bit lately, we would bring you a very special holiday-featured, holiday-centric episode, Christmas Crimes. Oh, I thought we were going to call it a holiday extravaganza. We might. Yeah. A holiday hell feast. Ooh. Which is what happens when we eat with my family. It's really, it's good that they all hate me and didn't invite me to Christmas this year. Did I, yeah, I told you that. I was like, I'm glad we're alienated from everyone. We don't have to go anywhere on Christmas I know. Day. I was like, I'm sorry. Do you, do you dislike the fact that I don't really have like family or people who want to hang out with us? And you were like, no, I'm really glad you stopped talking to your mom so we don't have to go hang out with her on Christmas. Uh, we, we're, You're welcome. We don't have to go anywhere on Christmas. No, it's pretty awesome. You know? I'm still in my pajamas, and it's like 7.30 <laughs> on Christmas night. Oh, my God. I'm <laughs> going to put you shower after we get done. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, Look, I can marinate in my own eggnog if I want. <laughs> I don't want to unwrap that right now. Leave me be. Be some saran wrap I'm layer. I'm cold, and I'm layered. I know. And I'm not going to take a shower because that sounds like there could be some cool air involved. <laughs> Jesus Lord. It's so cold. So we're still in the middle of the deep freeze here, and I'm sure everyone else is. And uh we're just not built for this down here in the in the southern states. Yeah, in the southern Appalachian area, we this region is not ready for cold. No. We hate it. It's too much. I don't like it. Yeah, and now like I've been putting off getting a new battery because I know mine's going bad, and now it's like my car won't start. <laughs> and see, that just pisses me off. I mean, sure. Has my battery been going bad for about three months? Maybe. Yes. yes Maybe it has. But every start I get out of that old that old gal is one start. It's like an extra start. It's like a free start. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Well, Dylan, let's start off our Christmas crimes episode with a very famous case. In the hours between December twenty fifth and the twenty sixth of nineteen ninety six. Jean-Benet Ramsey, a six-year-old child beauty queen, went missing from her home in Boulder, Colorado, according to CNN. The next morning, her parents found a ransom note demanding $118,000 for her return. The Ramseys called the police, who found no evidence of forced entry. While searching the house for clues as to how someone kidnapped Jean-Benet, John Ramsey made a terrible discovery. His daughter had been murdered, and her body was abandoned in the basement. Okay, for number one, I forgot that that was around Christmas. 
that poor little girl's uh, situation. And that's such a weird case. That's always been such a weird case. It is very weird. So John Binet was found to have died by strangulation and had a skull fracture. Police initially suspected John and Patricia, her parents, of killing her and staging the ransom note to cover up the crime. However, after a heavy public investigation of the two, they didn't find enough evidence to prove this theory and cleared the Ramseys as suspects. They then focused on another possibility, an intruder who snuck into the house during the night intending to kidnap Jean Bonnet, but accidentally killed her instead, at which point the intruder fled. This approach, too, has proven to be vexing, and the investigation has since stalled. So to this day, the case has never been solved, though recently um, Jean Bonnet's father, I believe, has been pushing to re-examine the DNA evidence. Right. Yeah, that was uh, some big headlines not long ago, right? Okay, apparently our dog is barking. Hi, Rufus. He yes. saw a leaf. Um, so He actually okay. sent a letter recently to Governor Jared Polis of Colorado with a plea to let a private company test the DNA evidence, which I think would be awesome because there has been a lot of new DNA technology, a lot of advancements, and I don't understand why Boulder police are not on board with immediately retesting this DNA evidence. So this was some years and years ago, right? So, I mean, you've had all these registries, you know, be put together by different states, uh, you know, all these uh, new laws to, you know, you have to give DNA above, uh, uh, not much above a misdemeanor, I believe, in a lot of states. You, if you go to jail for any reason, you, they get your DNA. So it's really expanded um, the possible possible matches you know the possibility of a match so it doesn't make sense to me like uh it should be standard practice to take old dna evidence after every what even if it's a decade every decade and retest it with these new uh new techniques and these expanded you know registers of uh people's dna well back on November 9th, the Boulder Police Department and the Boulder County District Attorney's Office issued a joint statement outlining why they had no current plans to test this new DNA. But they did stress that the agencies might be open to the idea at some point in the future. They said discussions on the topic will continue. Well, you know, that's his daughter's DNA. So I don't understand why we need their permission to test it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, at this point, if I were John Ramsey, I absolutely would not trust the Boulder Police Department to solve my child's murder. Like, I just wouldn't trust them. Because at this point, it almost just seems like that's incompetence. But okay. And it's such a famous case. Right. That why would you not want to solve it and clear the books? Why wouldn't you always want to solve yeah. justice to this family? <clears throat> so, look, but honestly, if we're going to go, <clears throat> excuse me. If we're going to go with the intruder, random intruder, what's the odds? So he gets her out of her bedroom, kills her either by accident, if you will, and then takes her down to the basement. He's This person's... What? I mean, how many instances, other examples of something like this could you even find? I, I just... It does not make sense. I'm not saying it can't happen. But it just doesn't make sense to me for some random strange intruder to come in your house and be that comfortable, even if it is a great big house. I think the whole 
story is very strange. <clears throat> and, you know, in the last few years, there's been some documentary or something came out that kind of pointed to the younger, or was he an older brother? The brother Burke. And I think might have been NBC or something, but they got sued by him. Yeah. For basically, you know, calling him out as a murderer. Do there's even been a supposed connection of Giz, Giz Lane Maxwell to John Bonet? I mean, this is one of the most famous cases. And the Madeline <clears throat> McCann, I believe there's been a connection. They've tried to make a connection to that. Yeah. Child disappearance. I just, we're just never going to know the truth about what happened to that poor little girl. That's what I, I believe. I mean, I think we will eventually. I don't know. Let's hope. In 2011, a man named Terry Trent of Dayton, Ohio, got blasted on some bath salts, Dylan. Do people still get fucked up on bath salts? Because that just seems so 10 years ago. It seems so 2012. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just not even, like, cool now? I don't know. It's almost like after the, the zombie bath salts guy on the bridge down there in Miami or whatever is biting the face off of that guy. Um, it seemed like it went out of style after that. Like, it, yeah. A lot of people was like, that's not cool went anymore. out of fashion. Yeah. So he gets blasted on bath salts, walks in the back door of his neighbor's house, and decides to decorate it for Christmas. Now get this, Nillan. He lit candles, tastefully arranged them on the coffee and kitchen tables. He even hung Christmas wreath on the garage door. And he was really enjoying this merry scene. He was blaring the television while playing with some of the toys that were under the tree. The sounds from the TV woke an 11-year-old resident of the house who went next door to inform his mom that there was a strange man downstairs. So his mom was like just next door with friends or something? Probably hanging out with the neighbors. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, Christmas. It's a holiday. So this just guy broke into their house. Yes. And uh, it's already Christmas, so they have some, but he wanted to do more decorating. So he decorated more, it sounded like. And was just having the time of his life. High on some uh, Chemical X. Whatever weird shits and bath salts. Probably. Now, you've heard of a, like, SantaCon, right, Dylan? Where a bunch of, you know, men or women, I guess, they dress up like a bunch of jolly assholes in a Santa suit. They run drunkenly through the streets. They dry hump each other. It's like a bar crawl. Okay. Right. Well, some genius dressed up like a Santa during SantaCon, which is that seasonal Santa pub crawl, and robbed a bank in San Francisco and was never caught. Nice. This was in 2014. So he just runs out of the bank into the street with the other thousands of Santas. And gets all the money. Dude, that's a pretty good plan. I mean, that was pretty genius, That was pretty smart. But you shouldn't rob banks. So Donald Legast Jr. of Sidell, Louisiana, allegedly stole a handful of snakes in 2012, according to police reports. He grabbed some snakes and cash from a register at a pet store, and he told the cops it was a Christmas present for his son. <laughs> like you open the register and there's like ones, fives, tens, and then snakes. <laughs> Just very strange change drawer you have. <clears throat> this is another... Christmas crime, Dylan. Maybe a little worse than stealing snakes. Actually, a lot worse. 18-year-old Alexis Valdez found himself on Christmas Day in 2013 living with his aunt and her boyfriend. The boyfriend's name is Sylvester Diaz Hernandez. 
And they allowed him to be their roommate as long as he remained in school, worked, and helped out with some of the bills. Which seems like a pretty sweet gig. Like, I wish I had a relative that was like, hey, just move in and go to school and work and just pay a couple of bills. Yeah, that's right? called uh, parents. <laughs> um, my parents were not. My parents were like, get out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Long before Jordan Peele ever wrote the movie, you'd already starred in it. They right? didn't want to be roommates with me. Um, they don't like me. At some point, Valdez quit school and he quit his job. So he was not upholding his part of this bargain. His aunt and her boyfriend decided to ask him to leave. And it was pretty bad timing because of the Christmas holiday. And Valdez seemed to take it very hard. That it's Christmas and y'all are kicking me out because of my own choices. Because I didn't hold up my end of the bargain. I'm not doing anything I'm supposed yes, to be doing. because the consequences of my own actions right. are catching up to me. How so he's, he's in his feelings. He confronted his aunt's boyfriend and things quickly turned violent. Dylan, in his anger, Valdez killed Diaz Hernandez with a hammer. Mutilated his body, mutilated his body by removing all the limbs... And then decapitated him. Oh, my God. He also disfigured his face in the process, leaving his head in his aunt's bed. He later described this as a present. Valdez then called the police and told them exactly what had happened and admitted to the murder, confessed as soon as police arrived. They found him covered in blood. He later said he would have killed his aunt, too, had she been home. Damn. What the hell? Dude, had he broke. Like that's an, that's crazy. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. Now what would you do if you was just having a talk with a family member or whatever, and then next thing you know they're just all over you trying to kill you, dude? You'd kill them back. What would it take for you um, to be like, all right, so it's me or them? I mean, how far, how long would it take you to get to that point? Well, any situation where I felt like my life was in danger, I guess. Okay. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Like I told you the other day, I don't care if it's kids, my kids. They they go do some old, uh, what uh, on the streets we would call it fuck shit. And uh, yeah, like I know they're for reals. Uh-uh. No, I'm going to throat punch you. I don't care if you're only five. What? Okay. You think a five-year-old can't stab you? I've seen the bad seed. I don't know how it works. I seen some, uh, uh, just the other day, I heard about uh, some girls. It was Germany, France, somewhere like that. Swarmed this old man and stabbed him. Killed him. Oh, yeah. It was, I want to say it was two 13-year-olds, two 14-year-olds, and a 16-year-old. I cannot remember which country. Right. That, it might yeah. have been Belgium. But I did hear about that. I mean, Yeah. And dude was probably like, oh, you know, I shouldn't hit girls. Punch those bitches in the throat, dude. They trying to stab you. It's scary. Oh. It is scary. (laughs) Okay. Well, in 2007, a stolen GPS-rigged baby Jesus was found face down in an 18-year-old Florida woman's apartment. (laughs) So, so, uh, okay, so they, they went ahead and put the ankle monitor on Jesus. So, because people are, are bad to steal the baby Jesus, right? Out of the nativity scene, is that like a thing? Well, yeah, that's a thing. And <clears throat> the baby Jesus had disappeared the year, like a year earlier, from Wellington, Florida. 
a community center, and village officials didn't follow a star to locate him, Dylan. Instead, a GPS device mounted inside the life-size ceramic figurine led sheriff's deputies to a nearby apartment, where again it was found face down on the carpet, and an 18-year-old woman was arrested in the theft. Okay. About 70 churches and synagogues um, report each year that their baby Jesus is stolen. Man, they're getting all the baby Jesuses. Yeah. <laughs> I would, okay, I'm not going to steal from anyone. I'm not going to steal from the damn nativity scene. I mean, I guess that's just dumbass kids. Well, stuff. in that village of Wellington, which is outside of Palm Beach County, um, two consecutive years in a row, the baby Jesus was stolen. So that is why they made the decision to invest in this GPS. And it's a very um, ritzy area. So the ceramic original was donated by a local merchant and made in Italy. It was worth about $1,800. What? So why in the world would you invest $1,800 into this ceramic display piece that's probably going to get stolen? I don't have no idea. Uh, here's what, here's my, uh, I, I, can, I can fix this. Here's my idea for baby Jesus. Make sure he never gets stolen again. You make it like huge. You make like a 40 foot across baby Jesus that weighs like seven or eight tons, right? Right in the middle of the nativity scene. The rest of it's regular, but there's a huge baby Jesus. And, and nobody's just going to run off with that, right? They need equipment, cranes, uh, low boy trailers, all that mess. You never steal baby Jesus again. Do you think this would work? Good idea, Dylan. Okay. It's a great idea. A scaled up baby Jesus. It's perfect. Okay. So in 2007, a Chilean woman reportedly informed her neighbors that she had picked out the best Christmas tree and that her kids were just going to have like the most amazing holiday of all time. It turned out the tree was just a giant cannabis plant. <laughs> what? Yeah. She didn't know it was a pot plant. <laughs> this is according to High Times. Oh, okay. There aren't a whole lot of details about it, but yeah. Yeah. All right. So, all right. Well, you know, hey, it's pretty smart because you don't have the, all that tree waste hitting the landfills at the end of the season, you know? You can just dispose of it if you know what I'm saying. In 2006, 42-year-old South Carolinian David Allen Rogers figured he would volunteer to drive the Christmas float for his local dance studio. And, I mean, who doesn't want to crack a beer and drive in the Christmas parade ride? I mean, it's only four miles. It's a happy time. Yeah. I'm going to get loose. <laughs> you shouldn't be drinking beer and operating a Christmas float. Are you sure? Yeah, because there's little kids running Well, around. Rogers allegedly sped off course oh at God. something of maybe like around 60 miles per hour, which of course terrified parents and children. He was apprehended and charged with driving under the influence, 18 counts of assault and kidnapping, unlawful conduct towards a child, assaulting an officer, and open container and more. Jesus. I'm going to guess this is not the first bad choice he's made. You don't think so? No. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Another Christmas crime. On December 24th of 2008, the Ortega family of Covina, California, was sitting down for Christmas Eve dinner and enjoying some family time. This is according to Oxygen. That's when Bruce Pardo, the ex-husband of Sylvia Ortega, showed up. Pardo, wielding multiple firearms, immediately began firing at his former in-laws, all while dressed as Santa Claus. Oh, my God. He showed up to while out dressed up like Santa Claus. 
When he was done with this, he used a homemade flamethrower to burn down the Ortega's house. In all, nine members of the family, including his ex-wife, were dead by gunshot or fire. Oh, my God. And he died by suicide at his brother's home a few hours later. Okay. That's like Christmas terrorism. That's not reasonable at all. It's pretty horrible. Yeah. Killed multiple generations of a family. It's pretty scary. Yeah. During the holiday season of 2010, 15-year-old Christy Bamu and his four siblings left Paris to stay at home or at the home of their oldest sister, uh, Magali, who lived in London. And this is a story from the BBC. Now, it seemed like a good, like, you know, lovely family get-together during the holiday season, but things kind of got out of control fast, and Christy died on Christmas Day. This was merely the tragic end of his long ordeal, though, and the things leading up to his death are just pure, just horrible, Dylan. Just pure horror. Yeah, there's nothing even funny about that. Magali Bamu, 29, had taken up with her boyfriend, a guy named Eric Bickaboo, and the two shared an apartment together. At first, things seemed to be normal, but some unknown incident caused Eric to accuse Magali's siblings of performing kendoku, kendoki, which is a type of witchcraft pur- uh, purported to be practiced by evildoers in their home country, which was the Democratic Republic of the Congo. <sighs> While he initially pointed fingers at all of Magali's siblings, he soon focused specifically on her brother, Christy. This began as a days-long nightmare where Christy was tortured with knives, pliers, a hammer, and a chisel. Eric claimed he was trying to exercise Christy. And all the while, his sister, Magalie, stood by and did nothing. What the hell? My God. Eric eventually drowned Christy in the bathtub. In the aftermath, Eric claimed that he had brain damage that caused him to believe Christy was a witch. Magali denied any belief in witchcraft, making her inaction even more horrifying. Both were sentenced to life in prison for the crime. Uh, yeah. Who this, just watches something like that? Who's just gonna let their boyfriend do something crazy to their brother? It's insane. I have one more Christmas crime to talk about, Dylan. What is wrong with people? They're stupid. On December 25th of 2010 in Los Angeles, a horror was unfolding. Kashmir James, a 25-year-old nurse, was visiting a friend for Christmas with her three-year-old daughter, Nevaeh, according to LA Weekly. After spending some time with loved ones, Kashmir and Nevaeh got back into the car uh, with Nevaeh placed in a car seat in the back. Kashmir was climbing into the driver's seat when three males pulled up next to her, murdered her in a drive-by shooting. Nevaeh was unharmed but saw the whole thing. At a press conference where police announced a search for the killers, someone passed Nevaeh a microphone where she heartbreakingly asked the crowd to please help her mommy. Police did eventually track down the killers and brought them to justice. But what they found out in the process was like even more terrible. The murderers were 16-year-olds participating in a gang killing. And they actually killed Kashmir James by mistake. They had misidentified her as their intended victim. She had been in the wrong place at the wrong time. And so a child's young mother was violently killed in front of her on Christmas, all based on mistaken identity and just unfortunate timing. 
And some little punk-ass bitches who try to be bad. Yeah, I mean, uh, even if they got their intended victim, how dumb is that shit? Anyway, like some gang initiation killing or something like that. You know? That's like there's that knockout game they do where you just like kind of sucker punch people and knock them out. It's like, how cowardly is that shit? You know? I just don't I just don't get it. Okay, Rufus, enough. All right, Rufus is wilding out, so I guess it's time for us to wrap up this Christmas Crimes episode. Dylan, thank you for your participation. Thank you, Heather. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, there's a lot of always, uh, you see, anytime you look up bad Santa stories or something, it's like drunk Santa, drunk, pissed off, bitter. Do you have some bad Santa stories for us? <clears throat> well, because I would be eager to hear a bad Santa story just to kind of shake off these tales of murder. No, but I'm saying y'all, you, you see it from time to time. You know, you take the old mall Santa, uh, he's pissed off, twice divorced, and, uh, you know, drinks a lot. And now he's got all these screaming kids and all these parents. Uh, okay, you know what? Parents. You've inspired me. I found some bad Santa stories real quick. Are you ready? This yeah. is coming from listverse.com. I hope these are funny. On January 5th of 2015, Randy... Lang entered a Monterey, California Buffalo Wild Wings determined to distribute some last remnants of holiday cheer. He claimed to be Santa Claus and brought with him a duffel bag that allegedly contained five football-sized amounts of pot, weighing in at just over two pounds. Damn, dude. Give he me... wants you to have a Merry Christmas, Dylan. <laughs> yeah, everybody's going to have a Merry Christmas. The fake Santa accosted customers and told them he'd brought presents, placing samples of the pot into their confused chicken greased hands. <laughs> Employees also received an unwelcome Christmas bonus when Lang filled their tip jar with a hefty brick of weed. <sighs> Unfortunately for Lang, the recipients of his gifts did not react joyously. Police were called almost immediately. When they arrived, Lang was calm and congenial. Um, Police Sergeant Nick Borges recalls, quote, he said he expected to be arrested for doing this at some point. Sounded like this was not the first time. It was surreal. What the hell? He was charged with furnishing marijuana, further bolstered when police searched his home and found another two pounds of pot. Yeah, dude's got a lot of pot. (laughs) You should probably keep that a secret. He's just trying to like, you know, get everybody in the spirit. It's like that drive-thru worker that was giving out like samples of, I think it was crystal meth or something, just randomly to people, like I guess trying to expand his customer base. And that's just really dumb. Okay. Well, well, yeah. This is kind of funny, but kind of terrible at the same time. (laughs) Okay, a whole family doesn't die, does it? No. Okay. No, no, that's just terrible. Every year, Canada Post, which I'm assuming is like their post office, Um, runs a program where children can write a letter to Santa and receive a personalized reply. By 2007, over 15 million letters had been written, resulting in a Guinness Book of World Records accreditation for the most letters to Santa ever received and responded to. Wow. When you're dealing with a program that big, of course there's going to be some human error, Dylan. What happened in 2007 was malicious. Ten unfortunate children... Received responses from Santa that were laced with messages such as, This letter is too long, you dumb shit. Oh, and your what? mom sucks dick and your dad is gay. Oh my God. Dude. I mean, these are really not Santa's, <clears throat> it's not his place to say these things, even if they are true. That's none of your business, Santa. Okay. If my mom sucks dick, 
that's my mom's business center. <laughs> it is. So in response to the scandal, Canada Post released a statement indicating they were doing everything they could to track down the culprit, who they believed to be, quote, one rogue elf. As it turned out, it was a group of miners who had gained access to the mounds of festive letters and decided to respond. Okay, well that may that sounded like some dumb kid shit. I mean, come on. I was on. thinking it was like, uh, you know, a disgruntled postal employee. Your dad is gay. I mean, what is that? That sounds very juvenile. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Okay, uh, now we talked about the SantaCon. Yes. Crawl. Since its inception in 1998, the annual Hoboken SantaCon pub crawl has created a tremendous amount of problems for New York City. Never was this more true than the 2015 event, which led to nine arrests and 70 summonses for various drunk and disorderly offenses. The event, which started during the day and carries on into the night, consists solely of people dressed up as Christmas characters, of course, the majority of those being Santa Clauses. SantaCon's North American roots are based in San Francisco, where it's like a much gentler vibe, allegedly, unless someone's robbing a bank. Okay. Which we talked about earlier. But this New York chapter has had recurring problems with violence and theft and a fair amount of public urination. They're just out of control in New York, huh? Santa pissing everywhere. Organizers argue that the event does more good than bad for the city. They donate large chunks of the profits to various charitable causes. But the police chief says that it's an unnecessary, unsanctioned event and that the charity donations do not justify people coming to Hoboken and putting other visitors and residents at risk. <laughs> He's over the Santas. And they, they probably have like a busy night that night with a bunch of drunks. And our final terrible Santa story, okay? In Derbyshire, England, on the night of December 19th, 2015, a man dressed as Santa Claus climbed through the drive through window of a KFC restaurant in lieu of a white curly beard was a black ski mask or a pair of stockings hiding his identity. Yeah, he did still sport the the red Santa hat, the robe, the pants. So he was mostly dressed like Santa. But the bad Santa stuffed all the money that was in the till into a sack and forced the kitchen staff uh, to open the store's safe um, at knife point. Damn, Santa. Derbyshire police offered a pretty unhelpful description stating that the man basically just wore a red hat, red trousers, and a red jacket, and that his face was covered. Oh, my God. Everyone dressed as Santa was then a suspect. I mean, and in December, that really doesn't narrow down the field. No. But it's not really known how much money was taken from the store, but, I mean, it was probably enough to at least buy a bucket of KFC, right? <laughs> so, yeah, they pull up at the window, and it's Santa, but he has a ski mask, or even worse, a stocking distorting all his features. I've always thought that was the creepiest face when someone has a stocking pulled down over their face, you know? Oh, we got to talk about this one. And okay. Then, and then we'll stop. Okay. <laughs> In December of 2000, during a Christmas display entitled Santa Sells Inn, which was held in a seaside town, Great Yarmouth, England, a 35-year-old man dressed as Santa got into a fistfight with a teenager. Okay. The longest lasting damage was not to either of the fight's participants, but to the crowd of confused children who burst into tears as Santa was led away in handcuffs. <laughs> Although the Santa impersonator had been a part of the official show, there was a main Santa riding in a sleigh. So that did help explain some of the carnage to the naive children. 
that like, okay, well, these aren't the real Santas. That's I mean, a real Santa up there. The, that's, you know, yeah. Okay. This is just one of the Santas. Yeah, the, don't worry, Santa's not going to beat another kid up in front of you. <laughs> For their part, the police attempted to calm the situation by taking some of the most traumatized children down to the police station to show that they had arrested an imposter Santa. <laughs> it's funny they went that far. Yeah. Norfolk police were certain that the real Santa would not approve of people behaving in this way, and of course, he will continue his pre-Christmas visits and delivery of gifts everywhere on Christmas Day. Nice. So the fake Santa received a police caution and was released back into the community. Catch and release. That's why we got so many bad Santas running around. That a Santa's going to go around fist fighting with a teenager? I'll fight Santa. I know you would. If I have to. I know you would. You would headbutt Santa. You know, I mean, I'm just not going to let Santa get over on me. You know what I'm saying? I don't care. If you're a mythical being that brings joy to kids all over the world. Is it weird to admit that I'm strangely kind of attracted to Santa? What? I mean, he's he's got a big beard. And a belly. And uh, it's white, and you know I have a thing for, like, silver foxes. Yeah. Because you got the little white in your beard, and it's pretty cute. And he's got a fat belly. Yeah. And he's jolly. And he seems jolly. Wait a second. I'm like your Santa stand-in. You are. Oh, my God. That's why I had you open with Ho, Ho, Ho. It was like foreplay. Oh, my God. (laughs) But they just dropped right off over there, didn't they? Good for me. I'm wearing my mistletoe belt right now. Okay. (laughs) That's not even true. I'm in my pajamas. Dylan, time to wrap up this naughty Christmas crimes episode. I need you to feed me. You're going to get a lump of coal. Yeah, I want some of that chicken pie. Yeah. Oh, so this is yeah. this is you asking me to go in the kitchen and bake you a chicken and biscuit pie. Yes. I've been, I've been promising. I've okay, never I had will, one. I will do it. I've been thinking about it ever since you told me about You've, it. I've made it before. You have had you it. You sure? This is like a staple of my cookery, Dylan. <clears throat> so good. Oh, I love this time of year. Heather gets in the baking mood, and there's just fresh treats everywhere. Oh, man, I made a spice cake oh, earlier God. with brown sugar cream cheese frosting. Yes, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's got, like, cinnamon and cloves, cardamom, allspice. I can't even think of all the shit I put in this cake. Oh, my God. A little bit of pepper. All right, on that note. It's good. Everyone stay safe, stay warm. And we'll see you next time. Ho, ho, ho. Happy holidays. Yeah. Bah humbug. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.